Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. You are listening to Cisco Champion Radio, direct from Cisco Live. Sponsored by The Network Intuitive. This week's host, Justin Cohen. Uh, this is Cisco Champions Radio at Cisco Live, Episode 8, IPv6 Security with Scott Hogue. And Hi. you're the CTO of GTRI. Yes. Uh, but you're an amazing speaker that people have watched here at Cisco Live. Yes. And uh, I wanted to have you in today because, uh, quite frankly, I attended your session on Sunday with the rest of your crew about uh, IPv6, and there was a whole bunch of topics in there that I don't think people know about. Mm -hmm. So... Um, one of the things that I think people should hear about is if you have an IPv4 network, you don't know anything about IPv6, you're not using IPv6. The message I got from that was two things. Number one, you are running it. And number two, you should think about it. Mm -hmm. Right? So, so tell me sort of a little bit about that. Why should people who have IPv4 right now be thinking about IPv6? Yeah, I think um, people should realize that IPv6 is a protocol that's in the stack, it's in the kernel of all of their operating systems. In the mobile devices in their pocket to the laptop on their desk, you know, they run IPv6 and the operating systems do what they can to try to facilitate getting the user access to the whole internet over IPv4 or IPv6. You know, when they boot up, over IPv4, they do DHCP and they try to acquire an address dynamically. Now, newer version they, of Windows actually prefer IPv6. Most people probably don't realize that. Yeah, but behind the scenes, the operating system is also trying to acquire an IPv6 address and sending, you know, IPv6 packets on the Ethernet wire on the LAN. Uh, the IPv4 packets uh, have the hex protocol identifier hex you know, 0800. The IPv6 packets uh, hex identifier 86DD. And they're just ships in the night on the Ethernet cable. But, the, but your operating system behind the scenes is really sending IPv6 packets. So almost every network today has IPv6 packets on the LAN, whether they realize it or not. And it's almost impossible to extract IPv6 out of the kernel. It's In fact, really Windows doesn't support it. So Windows is now saying, or Microsoft is saying, that if you completely disable it, and if you look on Google, there's you know, hacks and registry hacks to completely disable, but they're saying no support if you completely disable IPv6 now. Yeah, you can't even completely disable it because you can't recompile the kernel could in Linux or other things like that. There's not like kernel loadable modules on Windows. In Linux, you can remove it. A little, you have the capability, uh, if you're root, to you know, remove it a little bit more uh, precisely. But there is a lot you have to do to get it out of there. Even in Windows, even if you set the registry keys to disable tunneling and other things and disable it as a protocol adapter on interfaces, you can still, within the operating system, ping. Still running on top. Still you can still ping yep. colon colon one sure. the loopback. So I mean, you've been you've been doing IPv6 since 2001, teaching it, working mm -hmm. with it, mm -hmm. um, and you've been helping companies deploy it. Mm -hmm. What's your message to a company that says, "I don't have IPv6 today. I'm just an IPv4 shop." Mm -hmm. What do they need to do now, even if it's just planning? What do they need to do? 
Yeah, I think um, to uh, to ignore it, <laughs> you know, uh, is to plan for failure. You know, uh, not planning is planning to fail, and as they say, and so I think they need to kind of understand the the technology a little bit, and then you know start to put together uh, a strategy because it's a it's a risk to the organization to just ignore it and think that the rest of the world isn't moving to it when there is a significant amount of traffic on the internet that is IPv6 so our our advice to organizations is to start at the internet edge where they touch the internet. That's the logical place to start anyway. You don't want to deploy IPv6 internally and then have it discontiguous from the internet. Of course. Uh, you need to you know, start at the internet edge, you know, get your upstream connectivity, get it through your firewall, start to bring it in very precisely and methodically, one layer three hop at a time, and then march that in across your network. Kind of like you remember that old 50s movie, The Blob? Yeah, it the blob just kind of rolls over things and absorbs them into the gelatinous, you know, uh, mass. You know, it, the IPv6 will march across your network in that way. And, uh, and as a result of it, edge. it marching across your network, and and even if you're not routing IPv6 today, even within the same layer two domain, boxes are going to talk IPv6 between themselves. Even though you haven't set that up, you haven't really done anything. It's that local link IPv6. Um, will still communicate. And as a result, if you're doing, um, if, if you have malware in your network, malware could start using this IPv6 domain to start traversing and, and moving laterally, yeah. uh, horizontally between your machines. Yeah, to say I have no IPv6 on my network, therefore I'm immune to any vulnerability or pivoting or land and expand <laughs> is uh, naive. Uh, you also have end users that have it on their mobile phones they are probably using a mobile carrier that has IPv6. And they have no idea. When they're at their homes, they might be using IPv6. When they're at a hotel, when they're here in Vegas, they might be using well, IPv6. Well, most people on this floor probably don't realize that, th that there is, you are IPv6 enabled on the Wi-Fi. Yes. The IPv6 here at Cisco Live on the Wi-Fi is, is live, and nobody thought about it. They connected to that Wi-Fi, and they're on IPv6. I don't think anything of it. Yeah, we did a great job as network engineers building a dual stack network, and the man behind the curtain is completely invisible to most users. You know, they don't realize that they just went to, you know, Facebook over IPv6. You know, uh, because for every page Facebook, you know, stream that loads over IPv6, it was one less that loaded over IPv4, and it was all just behind the scenes. The operating system has algorithms inside of it to say. Do I have v4? Do I have v6? Do I have both? If I have both uh, protocols active on a network and reachability to the internet, then which one do I prefer? And if they equally uh, perform, then uh, IPv6 will be the resulting protocol. Well, and the large organizations like Facebook, um, they're 100% IPv6 in their data centers, right? They're uh, trying to achieve that. And uh, like with uh, Facebook, they have a little shim inside of their mobile devices that normalize behavior across operating systems between iOS and Android and iPad and Windows and you know Google whatever devices. And... Um, 
they then also get to they get to the ability to select well which IP protocol was used for transport, but then get telemetry data back about how did IPv4 perform versus IPv6, and they've shown uh, and, and produced studies and reports and co at conferences saying IPv6 performs better for them. Uh, and no in one many would cases. think of no one would think of that. I mean, we're sitting in our organizations thinking, you know, we need faster network connections, we need faster internet connections. No one is thinking that by deploying a different IP protocol stack that I'm going to get better performance, but Facebook has proven that not to be the case, that you will. You can get better performance by going to IPv6. Yeah, um, circumstances. Talking about, from a security perspective, um, some, of the, some of the lateral movement we could see in networks, most people who don't know IPv6, and there's a lot of good sessions mm -hmm. right here at Cisco Live. They can go and look online, Cisco Live 365, and pull up those sessions and, and learn about it. And they'll learn about things like the simple things like RA, right? Router announcement. We don't necessarily statically program our routers. It's all done through router announcement. And even if you're not running IPv6 in your network today, mm -hmm. you're susceptible to router announcement um, attacks on your network. So someone could get malware, and you, you explained this the other day we were talking about it, so you should explain it. Oh, yeah, uh, but no, you, you were on a roll there, <laughs> exactly explaining the, the risk, is that you have this latent threat uh, concept that you have IPv6 nodes in your environment, you've taken no steps to either gain visibility to what's happening, you, you don't know uh, what an IPv6 packet looks like because you haven't trained your staff, uh, but you haven't taken any steps to control or, 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 or anything of this, um, this type of traffic. So it is possible to spread and communicate laterally on a network with IPv6 link local packets. Even if there's no upstream router sending the routing advertisement, there are IPv6 nodes that are active on the And we can compare that network. to the old 169 addresses that we're all used to seeing in the IPv4 Yeah, the IPIPA. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, with IPv4, the behavior is different. You either DHCP for an address, and if you don't get a DHCP, then you end up with an APIPA address, APIPA address. With IPv6, you have your APIPA-like address in this FE80 colon colon slash 10 address that's based on that, that uh, prefix plus your interface identifier, which is determined algorithmically by the operating system. And then you have your global unicast address, if you had Slack or DHCPv6 running in your network. But if you didn't have DHCPv6, you still end up with this link local address on v6 nodes. And it is a perfectly valid unicast address that can be communicated with. And if you don't have any host-based firewall or anything of that nature on your host, it will receive packets and respond and communicate. So the only thing that's uh, stopping an attacker from moving laterally and, and pivoting uh, on a LAN is knowledge of the other link local addresses. And those can be determined in a variety of ways by creating some crafted packets, some things on a LAN that are kind of really, uh, uh, really kind of invisible right. uh, to find some of those link locals. Or so there's the, some bad things that can happen if, if people yeah. start putting out routing advertisements within that network. Devices will start listening to that, mm -hmm. possibly routing traffic, and now you have traffic going towards malware you didn't expect before. Yeah, exactly, Justin. Right? Yeah, so we talk uh, about first hop security, right? Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about that, about what, what first hop security should people be putting into their networks, even if they're not IPv6 enabling? What should yeah. they be thinking about to protect themselves? Yeah, to expand on what you said, Justin, yeah, the, the attacker could generate a routing advertisement as if it was a legitimate router, wake up, 
the dormant IPv6 stacks in those hosts on the LAN, which they're all running IPv6 in their kernel, right. give them an address, and then that attacker then is the default gateway router for IPv6 on the Create subnet a tunnel back that out. could tunnel the traffic back go. and now they're in the middle. No firewall. And, and the users already are doing you know, DNS lookups for v4 and v6 addresses today. They get back an A record and a quad A record DNS response for www.google.com. It's just today they're on a v4 only network and so they only make a connection to Google over v4. But they are presented with both addresses, both address families in DNS. Well, now once their v6 uh, stack is active, they can now make a connection to Google over v6, and they will, or to their bank, or to some other thing, and then they could be, uh, that session could be intercepted in the man in the middle. So you mentioned first hop security. First hop security is a suite of features that are implemented in the access networks. In access and and first of all, how old is this first hop security? First hop security started um, maybe like 2009, Let, let's be 2010, clear. So 2013. Not, this is not new security features as a part of the network intuitive. This is not new features in the Catalyst 9000. This is, these are features that have been around for five, six years. Long time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we're not talking about new technology, but it is something that they should be looking at. So tell us about some of that, some of that first hop security they should be implementing. Yeah, if you've refreshed your access switches in the last you know, seven, eight years, you have some of these capabilities in your devices. Uh, and uh, you'd probably be surprised uh, what already is there for free in the iOS that you've already bought and invested in. Uh, so first hop security uh, came out in different phases. Initially, uh, it started with just, as you mentioned, RA guard, this ability to interpret or inspect and snoop on routing advertisements and permit only the legitimate routing advertisements from the legitimate router that you own and prevent unauthorized routing advertisements coming in from access ports, from attackers, or compromised hosts on the LAN trying to do this, and then shut down those ports, kind of like put them in an error-disabled state, kind of right. like we do with spanning tree and lots of other technologies, root guard, what have you. Uh, and so it started out with just that basic... Uh, kind of functionality, and then it grew into, well, like today we do I, IGMP snooping. Right. And we do MLD snooping. Okay, now let's have the processor in the switch watch and gain awareness of who's on what ports. What are their, what are their MAC addresses? What's their link local address? What's their DHCPv6 address? What's their DHCP, uh, what's their Slack address? And, and watch those neighbor discovery packets on a network and then create a binding table, a binding integrity guard, to say, okay, who's on the network and, and what is their legitimate role? This is the router and these are access hosts. When someone on the network then starts to misbehave, unlike the role that's been defined on the port, when a host starts to act like a router, when a host starts to act like a DHCP v6 server, then we take action and we log it and we take some defensive action. So we're, so we're leveraging the snooping capabilities in the switches to help us do what the IETF refers to as source address uh, uh, validation. We want to know who's been allocated what address and make sure that they're following the rules. And where they are, and they're only talking on the ports they should be on. And they're only sourcing packets from the IP address they've been allocated. If they start yep. sourcing packets from an IPv6, a, a Bogon address, we want to shut them down too because they're spoofing packets. And if people have you know, older equipment or, or, or equipment that's not automated, this is not 
really complicated for people to deploy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's a few simple commands, and if people want to read exactly how to do it, I'll I'll give you the plug for you because you literally wrote the Cisco Press book called IPv6 Security, mm -hmm. so people can go to the Cisco Press store and buy that book which you wrote. Mm -hmm. So people know that it was written by somebody who has experience. You've been doing it a long time, yes. and you explain in there step by step. Here's how to here's how yeah. to deploy IPv6. Here are security. the risks, and here's how to uh, here's how an attacker would launch that, and then here's the steps you would take to protect against these types of threats. Yeah, but there's uh, great resources on Cisco, you know, Cisco.com. Uh, look at CCO uh, and get the latest information. There's some good uh, pages on Cisco.com of which switch you have, which operating system you have, and then what are the features in which operating system you Yeah, it's the, called the Feature Navigator. Yeah. Yeah, Feature Navigator. Yeah, the, and there's an IPv6 uh, Feature Navigator that shows you uh, functional equivalency between v4 and v6. And if you're used to doing dynamic ARP inspection, DHCP snooping, IP device tracking, I mean, I give a plug for doing those things on your IPv4 network. Many organizations oh, yeah. are underutilizing iOS security features and the access uh, for those three technologies. Oh, it's unbelievably true. Um, I mean, the number of customers I go to where if you look at their switch configuration, it's like switch port mode access, spanning tree, access VLAN. That's it. That's all they have. Yes. And, and people laugh, you know, but, you know, the likes of the, the guys that wrote this software and built all these boxes, and uh, and I'm going to say Peter because he's sitting right there. They didn't spend all this time and energy building all this technology for us not to use them. And half the time, you know, we're, we're treating these switches like they're 29, 2900s from the 1990s. Yeah. So people should really look into mm -hmm. first hop security, not only for V6 but for V4, V4 stuff as well. Yeah. Because it's all important. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's quite a bit of uh, security functionality built in the access switches and. Uh, uh, that's uh, that's underutilized, and so I think you you brought this up. Like you have IPv6 nodes on your network, and and you could turn these features on right now. Sure, why not turn them on now? Protect against bogus RA. Protect against uh, neighbor discovery protocol attacks. What what you know? Even if you're not routing the traffic out to the internet, at least build a, a come up with a plan to protect yourself against these lateral attacks and these other things. Don't let this protocol go uncontrolled in your network. IPv6 is here; it's definitely here to stay. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know it, now's the time to know it. Um, it's not on Cisco Live 365, but. Uh, for people that come back to Cisco Live, I highly recommend the immersive journey into IPv6 session that you were you were one of the speakers at because wow, was that a way to catch up uh, and really sink your teeth into the protocol. Uh, I totally recommend that for the access network. What I'm what I'm happy about at this Cisco Live is the network intuitive and DNA Center and the, the new things they're doing with Catalyst 9000 to be able to orchestrate these security features into our access networks. Mm -hmm. So if you're not an expert at IPv6 security, you're not an expert at IPv4 security, they've implemented best practices in the DNA Center. It's going to help people to push that stuff out to those switches. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the Cat9 case, it's the 3850s also have that automation capability. So mm -hmm. if you don't have a 3850 or, or better, you know, you can still do this. Mm -hmm. It's easy to do. Mm -hmm. You know, go and read the book, read the examples, mm -hmm. uh, and get that first top security in place. Yeah, um, it's it's easy to do. Like you said, it's just a few commands. You build some roles, apply it, and you can script it. You can do interface range command and put these on your access ports. Uh, it's it's just a few lines, of, and you could add it into your to your template easy easily enough. If you think you're not 
running IPv6, turn on these features, and I bet you'd be surprised. By the way, you're running IPv6. Yeah, by the way, you're running <laughs> IPv6. Uh, but I, in a normal network, in a normal you know, office environment it, there, that doesn't have attackers on it, I think you're fine. I don't want people to get fearful of IPv6 thinking that this is happening on every network. There's attackers or there are lurkers. Many attackers are still performing most of their attacks over IPv4. But For now. For if now. you think <laughs> there isn't any IPv6 packet, uh, packets on your network and no one should have a global address, well, then wouldn't you think that knowledge of any host that might be doing other things other than just simple neighbor solicitations or outer solicitations. Right. Well, if uh, you're running Windows, go ahead and run a Wireshark. Run a Wireshark. If you're running Windows, go into your server VLAN and run a Wireshark, right? And go ahead and filter for IPv6 and tell yeah, me how much there is. There's lots. Active Directory controllers on the same subnet as another Windows box are talking IPv6 over local link. Yeah, absolutely. All the time. And people don't think that's going on. They think it's they're using IPv4. Because they're like, I'm not using IPv6 in, your, in my network. That is an incorrect statement. Yep. If you think you can say that, it, it's an incorrect statement. And Microsoft doesn't want you to turn it off. In fact, they've threatened to not give you support if you've turned off IPv6 uh, functionality because that's how their software is intended to work. So one of the things people filter on their network is ICMP. People filter and say, I don't want any ICMP on my network. That's something you have to think about with v6. We, we need, it's a critical component to, to IPv6 is to have ICMP v6 running. So people have to learn about what they can and what they can't filter and, and where they can and where they can't filter it. Um, yeah, I want to talk about uh, just draconianly uh, block it. it. Yeah. Uh, the functionality in ICMP version 6 is essential for you know, communicating with your local router, for the IPv6, IPv6 equivalent of IPv4's ARP the neighbor discovery protocol, forming and binding IPv6 addresses to MAC addresses on the LAN. It's essential. So what should people be thinking about at the edge right now? So today I have, we know, so we've told people, look, you have IPv6 your network, you should sit down and think about it. What should people be thinking about at the edge as they start to deploy IPv6 into their networks? I mean, right now we, we set up our firewall, we give it some IPv4 and away we go, but there's no inherent NAT and anyone who's thinking about using NAT and IPv6 should think again. Lie down until the feeling goes away. Yes, really, yeah, <laughs> <As> please. <they> <laughs> no IPv6 NAT. Um, if, you know, there's no more NAT, which means security by obscurity is going away. So what do people need to think about mm -hmm. when they start talking about IPv6 at the edge? Yeah. Uh, it's the same functionality. Uh, the firewall will still be stateful in terms of I IPv6 connections. You will, you know, disallow inbound, uh, un uh, you know, uninitiated connections coming into your organization. You'll allow, you know, stateful outbound connections that match your firewall policy. Uh, uh, I think you would probably likely also be using an outbound web proxy of some sort for your end because users. Because NAT is not a firewall. NAT is not Let's a firewall. Let's make that statement a yes. hundred times. NAT is an obscurity that every residential user has been using as a firewall for so long, but it's not a firewall. So It's the statefulness in the firewall right. that keeps you know, the uh, unauthorized inbound connections from being established and allows the legitimate outbound connections to the internet to, to exist. Uh, and so it, it really makes your perimeter a lot simpler because you have native addresses. So, so NAT, I would argue, is a counter against security because it creates anonymity and prevents your ability to track down who's who from the other side. 
Right, and, and I, you guys went through that with the IPv6 addressing uh, stuff that we went through, and there, there are some sessions on IPv6 addressing mm -hmm. in the Cisco Live 365 catalog, and people should read that mm -hmm. to learn about the different types of addresses in V6 and how you get them, because it is a departure from V4. There's no question about that. Yeah, there's some great content uh, from Jim Bailey at Cisco here at Cisco Live and Tim Martin, uh, their oh, sessions on great. IPv6. Uh, yeah, I highly encourage those, those sessions on enterprise security and addressing. So uh, some of the Cisco-specific technology, I want to sort of hint on that a little bit, because mm -hmm. we're, we're at Cisco Live. Obviously, uh -huh. so Firepower, uh, the next with their next gen IPS, fully supports V6, fully supports IDS and IPS for V6 traffic. Um, they're using the Snort engine. Yeah, so the Snort legacy has supported IPv6 for decades, and you know that gets inherited in all of those products. And uh, Stealthwatch. Stealthwatch, absolutely. That's a great, yeah. I think you mentioned this before, you know, the SANS critical security controls, the first thing on their recommendation is know what's on your network, know what protocols are active on your network. First thing. Yeah. You can't do anything until you know what's connected to a network. And so you should know what's, what's connected with V4 and what's connected with V6, who, am, who is on my network. And StealthWatch will give you that visibility. StealthWatch will show you uh, anomalous traffic on IPv6. If you think there isn't any IPv6 in your network, then any IPv6 traffic uh, that StealthWatch indicates would be of high interest. Uh, StealthWatch will tell you which hosts are doing port scans of other hosts using IPv6 or, link or at the link local level. You could see that east-west traffic. An attacker might have come in over IPv4, pivoted, and is moving laterally in your organization using IPv6. And, and that's the stuff we want. You that up. You right. can pick it up with the first hop security. You can pick it up with the stealth watch. Uh, you could log all this to, you know, to Splunk. You can get visibility to all of these, you know, based on addressing. You'd see these things happening. Uh, yeah, so uh, StealthWatch will show you anomalous behavior. Will Anything that's not normal is really the focus of StealthWatch, right? It knows what's normal, so it can tell you what's not normal. Um, and it takes a little bit of the guesswork out of knowing what every single, every single thing is you have to do. But it has to be a layered approach, mm -hmm. right? I, I don't think one protocol or one feature is going to do it. You can't just, well, we'll turn on RA guard. That way no one can deploy fake RAs. But it's all of these things. Yeah. And as Cisco continues to launch things like the encrypted traffic um, malware protection that they've launched today and all of these new features, they're going to start finding new ways to get into our networks and the attackers are going to have to get a little bit more fancy. And in my opinion, it's just my opinion, I think that IPv6 is the next place they're going to start looking at because they're going to know that people don't, maybe they don't understand it, maybe they're not deploying any of this protection and they're going to start realizing, hey, we should start investi investigating how we could take advantage. So... Yeah, the advantage that the attacker would have is lack of knowledge on the part of the IT teams in an enterprise and the security staff. They lack tools to gain visibility to the traffic. Uh, they don't understand the protocol in general and how it behaves. So if an attacker is knowledgeable about that, they have the upper hand. They have a leg up. They definitely have a leg up. So today, if I'm an IPv4 shop, I've got no IPv6, what do we say to those people? Have a plan. Even if you're not going to deploy it, even if you're not using IPv6 today, you need to know what your posture is, mm -hmm. where is it being used, mm -hmm. and how am I securing it? Even if you're not routing it, firewalling it, sending it to the internet, even if it's just link local traffic between your machines, know what's there, 
know what it's doing, know what's normal, mm -hmm. so that way you can, and then have basic protections in place. Yeah, as you start to then establish some IPv6 connectivity to your internet uh, edge, you know, you'll work with your ISP, you'll get your addresses from your regional internet registry, you'll start to configure it on a router, you'll learn some things about it that'll pay dividends later on. Then you'll look at, okay, what's in my environment? Let me look at my firewall. Oh, I'm really surprised. There are a lot of IPv6 capabilities in my ASA. Oh, there's, a, there's full IPv6 capability in my async OS perimeter devices. Oh, my IPS has supported it for a, more than a decade? Yeah, people don't realize. I think realize. you'd be surprised how much Cisco has invested in it over the years. You know, it's a little bit every, every year for uh, more than a decade, almost 15 years, Cisco's been investing in IPv6 features uh, you look at the release notes, you know, every, re every release of ASA, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, and now it's a, it's a significant body of uh, features. And if people need to play with it, right, they can go to Cisco dCloud and mm -hmm. power up the labs in dCloud, which gives you access to, you know, real gear, and then you can try it so you know what you're doing, so mm -hmm. you're not, you don't feel like you're putting your network at risk. Mm -hmm. um, sit down and plan it, figure out what you want to do, um, and then and then come up with that strategy for where you're going. Because it's definitely not going away, <laughs> and it's, it's going to be here sooner than you think. So uh, those people who are not on the, on the game better get there soon. Yeah, and I think um, if, you, if you looked at the diurnal traffic patterns of IPv6 on the internet, you'd see that they vary differently from the IPv4 traffic patterns. The IPv4 traffic patterns show you know, a normal work day based on which area, you know, which part of the world you're in and the time zone. You'd see you know, there's a blob of IPv4 traffic in the morning, falls off at lunch, another blob in the evening, and then another blob at night. IPv6 traffic looks a little different. It's not too much during the day and then a big blob at night. Why is that? Because they're on their mobile devices. They're at home. Uh, they're doing things like Netflix, which is V6 capable. They're doing YouTube, which is V6 capable. So the pattern looks different because people don't have IPv6 at work. Well, the carriers are, are pushing it out to people's homes. Mm -hmm. And back in the day when we used to have modems in our houses or, or, or DSL modems that would, and then we'd have some kind of a Linksys device mm -hmm. or, or a firewall at the edge, now the carriers provide those firewalls and those firewalls are now pushing IPv6 into yeah. the interior of the network. Yeah. So that's why it's super important for people to keep IPv6 in their mind if, when they're at home mm -hmm. and, and realize that in the enterprise, this is something that you're going to have to start thinking about. And yeah. as a professional, mm -hmm. if people don't know how it works, how to secure it, and, and how to move forward, they've got to get on, on board and realize it because it's not coming, it's here. Mm -hmm. And there are now organizations who are saying, if you want to communicate with us for this application or this, this thing, it's got to be over V6. Yeah. There is things that are V6 only. Yeah, so the first step is to start at the internet perimeter. And then I think the next thing you would do is start to plumb in across your backbone and plumb in IPv6 for your access networks. But at du dual stack. Yeah, dual, dual stack, stack. Right, no one's, doing, no one's doing IPv6 no, only yes, access. Yeah, just to be right. clear, we're talking about adding IPv6 adding, as yeah. another address family on top of the physical topology you already own. And it's right. not going to change your VLANs. Your VLAN 100, 200, 300, still going to be 100, 200, 300. You're just going to layer on an IPv6 slash 64 prefix onto each one of these. Yep. Uh, and then you'll start to build out IPv6 for your end users because that's what they're already used to in the rest of the world. And you want to give them that, that great internet experience. You can worry about the data center actually later. 
you know. Yeah. Uh, but getting IPv6 to the end users is really important. Uh, and it's not hard to do. I mean, we yeah. DHCPv6, DNSv6, you, you use those services, you put them on the network, they're highly available, mm -hmm. everything is going to work. Um, it's not hard for people to deploy it internally within the organization, and if they have mm -hmm. DNA Center um, with the new the network intuitive products, that stuff's all in the GUI. So it's literally a click, and they can start to deploy it. So there's yeah. no excuse yeah. to not be thinking about it. Yeah, you could build it out across your backbone. The dynamic routing protocols that you use today have supported it for decades. Right. Uh, the routers, the switches, and then your switches have these features in them all already, and they have the security features you need to do it securely right from the start. I don't think you'll find many devices out there that aren't support that are not supporting V6 now. Maybe an old printer in the corner, or you know, that that Windows 2000 server, which. You know, or something like that that you might have hanging around, but yeah, the Ethernet port on the back of the ups, the uh, oh yeah, building automation system. Some of the IoT not. stuff. Yeah, there's some uh, uh, your closed circuit television system maybe doesn't. I mean, there's uh, and those things perfectly fine. You'll keep them around for many many years they're, until their yeah, end of their useful life. Uh, they're assets that you've invested in, and you'll continue to use them. It's not worth replacing infrastructure like that just to gain IPv6 I, I don't think IPv4 is going anywhere no, or anything. It's not going anywhere. Let's, let's be pretty clear. Yeah. But V6 services, and, mm -hmm. and I think we will start to see the growth of V6-only services, mm -hmm. and then once we get to that point, it'll be you know, you can do V4 if you want, but you're going to suffer performance a little bit. Yeah, you know, we're that's nearing that tipping point on the internet where IPv6 has been doubling every year, and now its trajectory is at a pretty more than doubling. More than yeah. doubling, would you say? Doubling, doubling. Uh, so we're at the the we're in the middle of the hockey curve here. And so the question is, when is IPv6 actually going to start to level off? Because it's been doubling. Now it's starting to have an effect on reducing IPv4 traffic volumes. And the, th and the current thoughts and projections are that in just the next two years, IPv6 could actually cross IPv4 on global internet traffic volumes. Wow. Because it's, IPv6 has a curve that looks like a, like a sine curve where it goes yeah. up and then eventually IPv6 levels off. IPv4 growing, total traffic volume always increases, right? Of course. We always need more memory, always need more storage, always need more bandwidth but eventually it'll flatten out IPv4 and IPv4 will then start to experience the long tail. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate you coming in and talking about IPv6 security with people. I hope they've, they're not scared, but they realize you need to learn this. It's something that you really need to do. Um, lots of sessions in the Cisco Live 365 catalog. Um, go out and get the IPv6 security book from Cisco Press and bring it to the next Cisco Live. Find Scott and make him sign it. That's what I tell people. Just find you, and I'm sure you'll uh, give him a, give him an autograph. Mine is an ebook version. How do you sign ebook <laughs> books now? I guess you can uh, digitally. So uh, yeah, and then I, if you are new to IPv6, uh, uh, Rick Graziani uh, just published his Cisco Press book, IPv6 Fundamentals, Version Two, is second edition of that book. Or, or sorry, second edition. It's it's expanded. It, he does a great job of presenting complicated subject in easy-to-read format. His book's tremendous. He was just doing a book signing here at Cisco Live the other day. Oh, very cool. But I'd definitely pick up his, his book. Well, IPv6 is, is, needs to be secure, and the message is you can do it. Go out, read the books, watch the sessions, and uh, the more you know, the safer your network will be. Scott Hogue? 
Thank you very much, sir. Yes. Thank you for coming in. And this is going to be our last episode of Cisco Champions Radio. I know I'm a little sad because our team was so nice to get us this beautiful booth and have all these people come in and talk to us. Um, I won't. I don't want to say we saved the best for last because then someone's going to get their their feelings hurt. But thank you very much for coming in. And uh, that's a wrap for Cisco Champions Radio at Cisco Live, Episode Eight. We'll see you guys uh, next time. Thank you for listening to Cisco Champion Radio Podcast. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.